story of a season. He's all by himself, fires into the end zone, caught, touchdown! Here's your host, Truman Chose. You're listening on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Hello, welcome to Story of a Season. I am Truman Chose, your host. Uh, we are now past week two of the NFL, so we have two whole games of data and information to play with from all of the teams. Super excited. But as a reminder, we still really don't have a ton at this point. There are plenty of teams that look really good that will probably end up not being so good and vice versa. Uh, a couple years ago, the Buccaneers started out 2-1 and one with Ryan Fitzpatrick who was nicknamed Ryan Fitzmagic for a few games. He was looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, that did not stay the case. The Buccaneers went 5-11 and that year. Or last year, the Denver Broncos started 3-0. It looks like Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback of the future for Denver, and that did not end up working out, which is why they went to go get Russell Wilson. So we're still very much in the realm of anything can happen. We're still not totally certain what is really what, uh, what is actually going to end up being meaningful in the future. So with that in, with that in mind, uh, let's first look at the Buffalo Bills, who two games in have far and away looked like the best team in the league. Uh, they were consensus preseason favorites to win it all. They stayed largely the same. Their only major loss was Brian Dayball, their offensive coordinator. Uh, they did add Von Miller. So because of that and because of how good they were last year and how they just barely lost the Chiefs in one of the best playoff games of all time, uh, they were named preseason favorites. And in two games, they have outscored their opponents by 55 points. That is the best point differential in the league uh, this year. Not only that, since the AFL-NFL merger, sort of modern NFL history, only 14 other teams have had as high of a point differential after two games as the Bills have this year. Uh, this was also against last year's Super Bowl champions, the Rams, and the Titans, who last year were the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, Josh Allen has looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, so on the whole, they are looking really, really good. But I just wanted to add a reminder of, well, what happened to the other teams I just compared them to. So I said they were Super Bowl favorites since... 1977, the earliest year uh, that I could find for this data, there have only been six Super Bowl favorites who actually ended up winning the Super Bowl. I'll repeat, only six preseason Super Bowl favorites actually ended up winning the Super Bowl. And of those 14 teams I, I named with the same or better point differential as the Bills through two games, only one of them actually won the Super Bowl, and only two others even made it to the conference championship. A couple of them even missed the playoffs. So perhaps this Bills season will end up like the 95 Dolphins. Uh, they were one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl in the preseason. They had their superstar quarterback, Dan Marino, and coach Don Shula, winner of many Super Bowls. They started 4-0 and looked like one of the best teams in football. Then they lost uh, three games straight, each by three points or less, before they finished 9-7. and uh, They did squeak into the wildcard round, but they ultimately lost to... The Bills. So none of this means that the Bills are doomed. Most teams who start hot turn out to be pretty good in the end. 
and most teams that were preseason Super Bowl favorites are also pretty good. There are worse spots to be than a Super Bowl favorite who has lived up to the billing thus far. My point is just that fate is fickle, anything can still happen, and there are many, many options available for what will end up to the Bills. Uh, their next two games are in Miami and in Baltimore, uh, two teams who have proven last week that they can be competitive in a shootout. So who knows? Maybe they drop both of those games and they're 2-2 two and two before they move on to Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Alternately, they could be 4-0. They could be clearly far and away the best team in the league. My point is just that there is a ton of variance upcoming. That being said, at the moment, they are clearly the best team in the league, and I would prefer to just sit back and appreciate how impressive they've been thus far. So let's switch to a division with teams that have not exactly lived up to preseason expectations. Uh, That division is the AFC South. Uh, The Colts and Titans were both expected to be reasonably good this year. I picked the Colts to be a solid team to win the division, and the Titans I didn't expect much from, but generally people expected them to at least be competitive. However, they have the two worst point differentials in the league. They have been outscored by more than any other team. Uh, They are also the bottom two teams in Football Outsiders' DVOA ratings. Even without advanced stats, though, like just the eyeball test of watching the games would call them two of the worst teams in the league. So with that being said, who should be the AFC South favorites right now since the two teams who were roughly co-favorites are looking quite terrible? I should note that last year, both the Packers and the Titans had horrible losses to start the season, both by at least 25 points, and they ended up as the number one seeds. Uh, the Colts uh, started 0-3 last year and eventually clawed their way to 9-8. Matt Ryan, quarterback for the Colts, as shown, um, as shown in this clip, is not quite finished with the season yet. Yeah, um, I've got to play better. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. I think as a group, we all have to play better, too. And, um, you know, it's disappointing when you put in the work during the week and, and uh, you come out and you don't play the way that you're capable of playing. Credit to Jacksonville. I thought they did a good job, you know, played well. But we have to set a certain standard for ourselves, um, you know, that every week, you know, we've got to show up and we've got to be ready to go. And, and in the first two weeks, we haven't done that. Uh, it's a long season and, um, you know, we've got to get back to work. But today wasn't good enough. That clip came courtesy of the Indianapolis Colts. So, anything is possible. However, based on how teams have actually played this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars of all teams, the team with the number one pick last year, the team who went 3-14 and and was the laughingstock of the NFL, has actually performed the best out of all of the AFC South teams. They are the only team who has actually looked good in any of their games. Uh, after just two games, it looks like the preseason best-case scenario for the Jaguars might be coming true. Trevor Lawrence, previously a once-in-a-generation standout, uh, might be having a quick turnaround uh, under Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, a few years ago, was the coach of the Eagles, and in year one, he also overperformed expectations. So it's entirely possible that we're going to see about a 9-10 win season from the Jaguars with Doug Peterson overperforming in year one and bringing back Trevor Lawrence's uh, potential. And it's looking like the worst-case scenario for the Colts and Titans is coming true, where the Titans and Colts were both expected to lean on their running games, and that hasn't happened yet, and they just don't have a ton of playmakers anywhere else in the game. The Titans shipped off A.J. Brown. 
the Colts uh, brought in a 37-year-old veteran quarterback to fill in for Carson Wentz. Uh, my guess is that the Colts and Titans are not actually the two worst teams in football, but their losses have shown that some of those weaknesses that we were thinking would be possible in the preseason are in fact coming true. Uh, so to use some very unscientific, unmathy terms, the Jaguars at least know roughly what they are. They're an upstart underdog. They have a solid offense and a solid defense. And the Colts and Titans, I just don't have a feel for what they are yet. And since both of their running games have been stagnant, I don't think they know quite what they are either. So the Jaguars next face the Chargers and Eagles on the road, which should give us a good idea of how good they actually are. Uh, the Colts will be playing the Chiefs, and the Titans will be playing the Raiders and before they both finally meet in Indianapolis in Week 4. So we could be seeing a 1-3 team on top of the AFC South before all is said and done. Uh, which is bringing back major NFC least vibes from 2020. So speaking of unexpected 0-2 teams, I wanted, I wanted to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and their game against the Dallas Cowboys the other day. It uh, looks like the Super Bowl hangover might be taking effect, at least this year, as they lost to the Dallas Cowboys, who did not have Dak Prescott and were uh, favored to lose by seven. I specifically wanted to discuss a decision made against the Cowboys that you might not have even considered to be a decision. You might have just thought of it as automatic. Uh, towards the end of the game, they had about a minute left. They were tied, and they failed to convert a third down at their own 16, so they faced a fourth and two and punted. Uh, you might think, okay, yeah, that's pretty reasonable that if they win for it and failed, they'd put the Cowboys in the red zone. Um, why wouldn't you punt in this situation? Most of the win probability calculators online uh, actually suggested going for it in this case. So... I would just like to offer a case for why the Bengals should at least have considered going for it, why this might not be as automatic as you think, and also just a framework for how do we approach thinking about fourth downs. So the question is, looking at it before the decision is actually made, does a punt or does going for it on fourth down give the Bengals a greater chance of winning? So once the Cowboys had the ball after the punt, ESPN gave the Bengals about a 35% chance of winning. I'm just going to use that as an approximation of their odds of winning following any punt. Obviously, the punt could have gone for more yards or fewer yards. I feel like where the Cowboys ended up with the ball is a pretty fair approximation. So therefore, to justify going for it on fourth down, you'd have to say that the Bengals would have had a better than 35% chance of winning if they had gone for the fourth down. Uh, the Bengals faced a fourth and two. Teams convert, on average, a fourth and two about 58% of the time. So to repeat, it is slightly more likely, actually, that, that, that an average team would convert in that situation. So even if the Bengals failed to convert, it's not a guaranteed loss yet. There's still enough time on the clock that maybe they could... Uh, force a stop, and get the ball back after a Cowboys score. Uh, so let's say that they had a 10 or 15% chance of winning if they failed to convert. So given those numbers, given that they had about a 35% chance of winning if they punted, they had about a 58% chance of making the fourth down, and even if they missed the fourth down, they would still have about a 10 or 15% chance of winning. Um, you would only need about 50-50 odds of winning following a successful fourth down to conver conversion to justify not punting. So those are probably better odds than you would have expected to justify going for it. 
And yes, you can quibble with the exact numbers I used. Um, you could say that, you know, the Bengals offense has been off recently. Maybe they would actually have a less than 58% chance of making a fourth down. Uh, you could say that I was overrating the Cooper Rush offense and the odds of the Bengals losing after the after a punt. Um, you could say, well, why would you even give them a 10% chance of winning if they missed? I feel like it's pretty automatic that the Cowboys would win at that point. That's all fine. I'm just trying to provide a framework and just show that I don't think it is totally out of line to suggest that the Bengals should have gone for it. Doesn't it seem reasonable to suggest that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase would have at least a 58% chance of picking up two yards? At the very least, I think that going for it could have given more energy heading into the rest of the season, if not because they actually won, uh, because it showed that Zach Taylor had confidence in Joe Burrow and his offense. All right, so let's move on to power rankings. Uh, First up, we have the Buffalo Bills, who, as I discussed, are pretty far and away the best team in the league. I'd say that right now they are the only team where both of their games have been incredibly solid. Uh, There have been other teams with two good games, but the Bills are the only team with two really good games, a 21-point win against the Rams and a 34-point win against the Titans. Uh, Like I said, Josh Allen is looking amazing. I think the Bills are a very clear number one. Number two, I am going to put the Eagles. uh, Just based on the games that have actually been played, I think they've looked the strongest throughout everything. Uh, Their offense has been very solid, and I was mostly concerned about their defense against the Lions. They did have a strong performance against the Vikings. Uh, So I think that the Eagles are very, very good on both sides of the ball. And that is why I'm putting them above the Chiefs, is just because uh, the Chiefs game against the Chargers, uh, they were trailing for most of that. It was because of the pick six that they won. Uh, that just gave me a little cause for concern. Overall, in the future, I would trust Patrick Mahomes more than Jalen Hurts, but I think that the Eagles have just shown more thus far this season based on the games that have actually been played. Uh, Number four, I'm going to put the Miami Dolphins. Um, So, yes, their game against the Ravens was very impressive. Four touchdowns in in the fourth quarter is impressive by any standards. That being said, it was kind of a miracle that they came back against the Ravens, and why were they in the situation where they had to have a 21-point comeback in the first place? Uh, So they've shown that at times their offense can work well. That's what happened yesterday. Uh, They've also shown that at times their defense can do well. That was the case against the Patriots. I just want to see them both working well in tandem uh, before I slot them up too much higher. I did put them above the Buccaneers. I'm putting it at number five. I do trust Tom Brady more than other quarterbacks. Ultimately, you know, once we come to the postseason, maybe the Bucs should be the favorites. That being said, it's just that they have not performed overly well against either the Cowboys or the Saints. Yes, they won both of those games, but their offense was incredibly stagnant in both of them. They were they were either trailing or tied the Saints at 3-0 or 3-3 for most of the game. So they've shown that their defense can be good, but their offense has been settling for a lot of field goals so far. So just because of my faith in Tom Brady, I'm going to put them there for now, but I don't want to put them too much farther up. 
Uh, number six, I'll put the Chargers, who probably should have won in Kansas City the other night. That being said, they did lose. They are one and one. Uh, based on all their playmakers and their coach, I do think that they will remain one of the top teams in the league. And playing the Chiefs close in Arrowhead is no small feat. So Chargers is number six. Ravens, uh, I think they'll be fine. Lamar Jackson is doing great. Uh, he can he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Um, their defense obviously worries me once you've given up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But I think the Ravens are still one of the top teams in the league. Uh, number eight, I'm going to put the 49ers now that they have Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I hate to say that a starting quarterback getting injured gives me more faith in a team, but Jimmy Garoppolo has actually shown statistically to be one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL the past couple of years. Uh, each year that he's been mostly healthy, the 49ers have made it to the conference championship game. I uh, Locker room reports are that the players appreciate having Jimmy back. I think that... With him back, the 49ers will go back to being one of the top teams in the league. All right, so then moving on to game picks. Uh, first up, we've got the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, personally, I like the Panthers to keep this close against the Saints. I don't think they're a good team per se, but I think that they are an 0-2 team and Matt Rule is coaching to keep his job. Uh, the Saints have been looking... Kind of iffy. Yes, they had a good defensive showing against the Bucks, but their offense could get barely anything going. I think that Matt Rule and Baker Mayfield are going to be extra motivated to win. They're at home. So I'm going to pick the Panthers to win uh, 21 to 17. Uh, next, we've got Raiders at Titans. Uh, both of these teams are 0-2. Both of them are playoff teams from last year who were expected to at least do fairly well. And they're both essentially fighting for their season. I was not a huge fan of the Raiders before the season started. But I like what they're doing right now better than I like what the Titans are doing. I at least know that the Raiders have Derek Carr. They have Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. They have an offense, and they kind of know what they're about. They're a passing team. Titans, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, they just kind of rely on Derrick Henry, but he has not proven to be overly effective this year. So I'm going to pick the Raiders to beat the Titans, let's say, 26 to 23. All right, so then we've got the Steelers at the Browns. The Browns have actually so far looked like a very solid team. Yes, they lost to the Jets, but they were up by 13 with less than two minutes to go. That loss was kind of a fluke. Um, I don't think it's going to be overly predictive going forward. And the Steelers have been okay-ish, but I think overall the Browns have looked like the better team. And I think that in front of their home crowd, they will be able to chew clock and win a relatively low-scoring affair against the Steelers. So I'm going to pick them to win 21-16. to Other than we've got Ravens at Patriots. Uh, the Patriots are coming off of a win against the Steelers. Uh, the Ravens are coming off a loss. I think the Ravens will be reeling after the loss, and they will want to prove that, yes, they are one of the top teams in the AFC. Uh, Bill Belichick's major weakness is running quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson can run, but as he's shown this season, he can also throw. Uh, the Ravens have just looked overall like a more solid team than the Patriots. I am going to pick them to win handily. 30 to 21. And then finally, we've got the Jaguars at the Chargers. 
Um, Jaguars have looked like one of the stinkier teams this year. Um, they've been something of a surprise. Chargers, uh, everyone has kind of expected to be good and for them to finally get their act together this year. Uh, my expectations with the Jaguars will play the Chargers fairly close in this game. I think the Chargers will ultimately win. Um, this will probably not be a super well-attended game, uh, just based on the fact that no one goes to games in L.A. and no one is going to be traveling to see the Jacksonville Jaguars play. Um, just right now, at this point, I trust Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert more than I trust Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I think the Chargers have more playmakers elsewhere on the defense and on offense. Uh, and Khalil Mack and, and Joey Bosa and Austin Eckler. So I'm going to pick the Chargers to win. I will pick the Jaguars to keep it close, 30-27. Um, to 27. But ultimately, I think this will be a good test of how good Jacksonville is. Well, there you have it. There's your NFL commentary following week two. Uh, this has been Story of a Season with Truman Chose on WRFH 101.7 FM.